The karma is, just for your information, many of you may be knowing it, is divided into three categories. Sanchita, Prarabdha, Agami. These are the three actions. The total actions are looked upon as divided into three categories. Sanchita, Prarabdha, Agami. As you know that each jiva or each individual being has gone through countless births in the past, countless human births also, not only countless births, but then countless times, I guess, each one of us must have also gone through a human birth. Because one can accumulate the new karmas only in the, as a human being, because human being alone has the free will, and therefore a sense of doership. So human being alone can perform what we call deliberate action. Rest of the creatures perform instinctive actions, not deliberate, not premeditated, but human being alone can perform deliberate action. It is deliberate action alone that can be divided, that can be called papa or punya. Therefore, for creatures other than human beings, there is no punya, no papa. Because no, as best as we know, they do not perform deliberate actions. They perform, they only act out of instinct. So their actions are instinctive actions. Therefore, even when we perform some instinctive actions, like opening and closing our eyes and breathing and things like that, they do not produce punya or papa. <coughs> only, therefore, as a human being, Whenever I perform deliberate actions, the action can be categorized as punya or papa as we discussed in the morning. When the action is in keeping with the order, it is called punya karma, virtuous action. And when it is violating the order, it is called papa or vicious action. imagine our having gone through countless as human births and having accumulated countless actions. Now, I perform, I keep on performing action almost every moment. Some of the reserves get exhausted in this lifetime only. But many do not get exhausted and they get accumulated in my account. And therefore, when I die in my account, all these different actions are accumulated. I already have an account running from the time beginning less and then in that I keep on adding further in like you know savings account. You know every month you get your paycheck, it goes into the bank, you know, in the savings account. Part of it you withdraw, the rest gets accumulated. And similarly also, part of the karmas we exhaust here, the rest get accumulated. All the those accumulated actions are called Sanchita Karma.
Now, of all the accumulated actions that we have, what is it that determines what embodiment I will get when I die? What embodiment will I get is determined by what? Of all the accumulated actions, whatever is the most predominant, most powerful action, they will, they will manifest themselves as the new embodiment. And therefore, a part of the accumulated action because what do you call? Prarabdha. Prarabdha means that which has already begun. And thus this body is the result of a part of the accumulated actions. That part is called Prarabdha. Prakarshan Arabdham, Prarabdham. That which has begun very well. <coughs> is Prarabdha. Cause of the present embodiment. And now, in this embodiment, again I keep performing actions. So actions that I perform presently, which will give us to result in future, they are called Agami. So when we say that the wise person is free from all the actions, we must account for all these three kinds of actions. How do they get free? So when, by virtue of knowledge, he has discovered his true nature, which is actionless, which has never performed action, which never performs action, which will never perform action. When he recognizes himself as such that I, I am actionless, I never perform actions, actions are performed by this body-mind complex, not by me. When that is recognized, this knowledge is then compared to a dreamer waking up. So in the dream I perform all kinds of actions. And when I am in dream, I also experience the result of those actions. But when I wake up, I am not responsible for the actions performed in dream. Either way, suppose I won a lottery of a million dollars in dream, when I wake up, I remain a pauper as I was before. Or in the dream, I may perform a criminal act. And I am liable to be, I don't know, imprisoned. But in the, when I wake up, I am not responsible for that. Because the one who performed those actions is no more there. Similarly also the wise person has woken up to his new, to true nature, the hankara, the ego that performs the actions is no more there, therefore he is no more responsible for all this sanchita accumulated actions, gone. It's like waking up from the dream. How are the actions the wise person performs while he is in this body? Will they give rise to results or not? They will not because he, he doesn't perform the action. Even while performing actions also, he knows that I am not doing it. Because the sense of doership is gone and therefore, even though a wise person appears to perform actions from the standpoint of the onlookers, from his standpoint, he doesn't perform any actions at all. And therefore, this agami karma, meaning the actions perform, being performed in this body also, they do not touch it. Then this prarabdha karma, those actions which are given rise to this body, so the reason why the wise person is alive, but this question also he asked, that when the wisdom is gained, when the goal of the life has been fulfilled, namely the liberation of moksha, what, there is no agenda left for the wise person, then what's the reason why his body should continue? The answer is that his body continues according to the law of karma. His body in fact was born according to law of karma and the body continues also according to law of karma. So it is this prarabdha karmas which gave rise to this body. As long as the prarabdha karmas last, so long his body will continue. <coughs> <coughs>
The example is like the potter's wheel. That when he makes a pot on his pot on his wheel, after the pot is made, then also the wheel is in motion. And even though he no more pushes it, then also the motion continues until the momentum gets exhausted. Similarly also, until the momentum of the prarabha karma gets exhausted, his body continues. That is why we have what we call liberated while living. Because if liberation means that the body will pop off, then we cannot have any living wise people at all, but prarabha karma like that. And that will exhaust itself according to its own, own uh, laws, and until then the body is alive. But understand that even the prarabha karma also is not from the standpoint of the wise person. Because he does not identify himself with the body-mind complex and therefore the karma or the action, they have effect only upon this personality. And so even while he is performing, you know, going through this experience is brought about by prarabha karma, he remains ever free or detached from them. And that's how we say that a wise person or sannyasi is liberated from all the karmas. Kshiyante chasya karmani, all his karmas get exhausted. <coughs> and so he is liberated even while in this body. This is the 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 uh, gati or the fate of the wise person. Therefore Lord Krishna said, Nadu sannyasiram pachit, the sannyasis, they do not, are anymore affected by the punya, papa, the mishra, because all these karmas are exhausted or burned in the fire of knowledge. In the fourth chapter, Lord Krishna said, just as a well-lit fire or well-blazing fire turns all the fire into ashes, and so also the fire of knowledge turns all the karma also into ashes, and therefore he is no more bound by them. He becomes free from the bondage of karma. Second is, Second is the Vividisha Sanyasi. Who is a Sanyasi? One who has adopted a life of renunciation for pursuit of knowledge. So this Vividisha Sanyasi is on his way to become Vidvat Sanyasi. But suppose he dies before becoming that, then what happens? Well, in the sixth chapter, Lord Krishna said that he will be born in an appropriate family where his journey will continue. <coughs> Therefore, he has accumulated a lot of punya. Understand that when you are listening to the Vedanta and when you are pursuing study of Vedanta, when you are trying to live a life of Vedanta, that is a very virtuous life. And therefore, by virtue of being this aspirant, one accumulates lots of punya. That's why Lord Krishna said that this person after that goes to the realms where they enjoy pleasures for a long length of time and they are again born as human beings to continue that pursuit. Then third is the karma yogi. Well, so he also, suppose he dies before becoming Vidusha Sanyasi again, 
he will also be born appropriately to continue his pursuit. Fourth is a it virtuous a dharmic person. You know, so people say that Swamiji, what do I, why do we need Bhagavad Gita? I'm already following the values of life, I'm a good person. That's what Bhagavad Gita teaches, that's what they say anyway. So let us say there is a person who is a who, who is in the path of dharma or righteousness. Right, virtuous, righteous person. That's putting this way. This Vividisha Sanyasi, it is possible that as described in the 8th chapter of Gita, he will go to Brahmaloka. So this one may go to Brahmaloka, remain in Brahmaloka for a length of time, and at the end of the cycle of creation, along with Brahmaji, he gets liberated. So this one is liberated here. This one, second, so Vidvat Sanyasi is liberated while here. The Vidisha Sanyasi gets liberated in course of time through Brahmaloka. The Karma Yogi gains new birth and continues the pursuit. Karma Yogi is born as a human being in appropriate family and continues the pursuit. Fourth, he is a dharmic person. But he performs Punya Karma all right. He is, a, he, is a, he is a person who follows the path of dharma. But then he performs actions for his own sake. That means desire-prompted action he performs. That's most people are. So those people who say that we are living righteous life, etc. But nevertheless, they live the life for their own sake. And so, he follows dharma all right, but performs desire-prompted actions. What happens to him? He goes to Chandraloka, you know. The eighth chapter talked about the two courses, the northern course and the southern course. So this fellow takes the southern course. So this is the punya. So as a result of the punya that is accumulated, goes to the world of moon or heavens, experiences pleasures as for a length of time, and comes back again to pursue only the desire prompted action. So this fellow goes round and round, you know. He goes up and down, you can say. He goes to heavens and come back, comes back, goes and comes back. So this fellow is going up and down. <coughs> There's a fifth fellow.
who performs impulsive actions. That is actions based on Raga and Dvesha. So here is a fellow who is propelled by his likes and dislikes. What happens to him? Well, if he is a predominant Papa Karma, goes down, mixture of Papa and Punya, comes as a human being, mixture of... So, basically he will have more of Papa Karma anyway. Impulsive action means actions as prompted by likes and dislikes. In all probabilities, he will violate the dharma. Therefore, that is, that is called Trutiyagati. He goes to the lower realms for length of time, experiences a lot of pain, again comes as a human being. And then depends on what he does, becomes a righteous person, goes up and comes down. Becomes Karma Yogi, well goes up and doesn't come down. Vivedisha Sanyasi, yeah, Karma Yogi, goes up and continues to go up. Vivedisha Sanyasi, goes up, never comes, doesn't come down. And Sanyasi, Vidvat Sanyasi, well, he has gone up here only, not to come down at all. So this is like the, uh, the result of the karma that people in different categories experience. Vidvat sannyasi, Vidisha sannyasi, karma yogi, a dharmic or righteous person, an impulsive or an unrighteous person. These are the five kinds of people we have. Karma Yogi means a person who performs action as, as an offering to the Lord. One who is, doesn't have attachment to the rewards. Basically one performing selfless actions. That's the Karma Yogi. The fourth one is performing selfish actions. Even though he follows the path of Dharma, but selfish actions. And the fifth fellow, selfish actions and violating Dharma. So lowest category performing selfish action and violating dharma for like the Rosana for him, the end is important, not the means. The fourth person, a dharmic person for him, the means is also important, end is important, but the means is also important. The third person, karma yogi for him, means alone is important, end is not important at all. The Vidisha Sanyasi, who has already grown out of the need to perform the action and is pursuing the knowledge. And first the Vidva Sanyasi who has grown out of everything and therefore he is liberated while here. So these are the five categories. <coughs> what happens to Nastikas? All this, the fifth one. Nastika means what? Depends on what you mean by Nastika. Nastika it traditionally means the one does not accept the Vedas as Pramana. But there are people. Some Nastika also can mean the one who does not believe in God. But there are people who do not believe in God, do not believe in the authority of scriptures and still they may have their own values. They might believe in some kind of moral values. It's possible that a person may not believe in, the, in God or believe in the authority of scriptures but still may follow moral values. Difficult. It is very difficult to follow moral, moral values unless there is God in one's life. Because following values requires a lot of inner strength. And again and again we find ourselves inadequate to follow the values and we always need help, we need always strength. So without God it is difficult to even be a righteous person. But imagining that a person can be righteous, he can be following moral values without the need of God or scriptures in his life, can be. 
But then, one of these five categories, everybody will be included in one of these five. Karma Yogi Vatyagi. All these results of action to which part of I you are talking about? All ahankara. It's ahankara which actually is what we are talking about, the jivatma, the ahankara. And that's, that's what we will explain in the next verse, in fact, as to what is the reason why this vidvat sannyasi called paramartha darshi. Paramartha darshi means one who is darshana, one who is a perception of the absolute reality, of the absolute reality about oneself. So one who has that knowledge, well, he becomes liberated, while the rest of them do not get liberated. What is the reason? So what's the difference between a Vidvat Sanyasi or a Paramahas Darshi and the rest of them, what's the difference? And that is what Lord Krishna wants to explain in the next four verses. <coughs> and so the preface is made in the next verse, the twelfth, uh, the thirteenth verse. Panchaitani Mahabaho Panchaitani Mahabaho Karanani nibodhame, Karanani nibodhame, Sankhe kratante proctani, Sankhe kratante proctani, Sidhaye sarva karmanam, Sidhaye sarva karmanam. He Mahabahu, Vyajuna, O mighty young one, Nibodhame. Learn from me, understand from me. So Lord Krishna is drawing Arjuna's attention. Nibodhame, listen to me. Sometimes here Swami, listen to me. You, know, you find people's attention just wandering here and there. Listen to me. Or sometimes when the topic changes also, it is necessary to draw the attention of the student. Then look now, what we are going to discuss is something different. And something that requires your attention. So here also Lord Krishna is drawing Arjuna's attention. Nibodhame, learn from me. That word we are now going to talk about is something different from what we have been talking about and something that requires our attention. <coughs> because what, is, what Lord Krishna is going to say is, is different from what we think it is and therefore Panchetani Mahabaho Karanani Siddhe Sarvakarmanam For accomplishment of all the actions learn understand that these five are the causes. So these five are the causes, means these five are the means, these five are the constituents, which in fact are responsible for performance of all the actions. We will see whether Atma is one of them or not, you know. But all the actions are performed by these five causes or five constituents, five, you know, so five constituents, five causes. So Lord, where did you find this? Are you saying this again from your own knowledge or what you are not going to tell us, does it, does it, does it come from an authoritative source? <clears throat> As I said again and again, Lord Krishna, in order to validate what he says, always quotes the other authorities. Sankhe kritante proktani. And Arjuna, this is being said in Sankhya Shastra. So Sankhya you know very well. What is Sankhya? Sankhya is... Uh, is, is a darshana, is a school of thought. So sometimes it may look as though Lord Krishna is drawing from the Sankhya. But Shankaraja explains the word Sankhya, you know, as not that Sankhya Shastra of Kapilamani, 
But you know, Sankhya, Sankhya means number. So these Sankhyas are very famous for numbers. They always categorize 24 categories, this category, that. So therefore, since they categorize everything in numbers, therefore Sankhya, Sankhya means number, therefore they are called Sankhyas. So one of the reasons why they are called Sankhya. But Sankhya is Sankhyayade. Asmin, it is Sankhyam. Sankhya, Sankhya, Samyakhyayade. That in which these things are fully explained or very well explained. So, Khya or Vyakhyanam. So, we all know the word Vyakhyanam. Vyakhyanam means an exposition. The word Vyakhya comes from the word Khya. Khya also means to expound or explain. And Samyakhyanam. So, that scripture in which all these categories are very well explained. These five categories are explained very well. That scripture is called Sankhya Vedanta. So, the word Sankhya in common usage means the Darshana Sankhya of Kapilamuni, but derivatively the word Sankhya can also mean Vedanta. That's the all it can also mean. So, in the second chapter, second chapter is called Sankhya Yoga. The second chapter of Bhagavad Gita is called Sankhya, where Sankhya means actually Atma Jnana or the self-knowledge. So, that second chapter is the one which has the topic self-knowledge. So, Sankhya is in, and explained here as Vedanta. Why do you explain Sankhya's Vedanta? Because Lord Krishna gives a, 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 an adjective here, Krutante. So what is Sankhya? Shastra. Krutanta. So that is also called Krutanta. What is Krutanta? This word Krutanta is made up of two words, Kruta and Anta. That becomes Krutanta. Kruta means karma, the action. Anta means end. So that scripture in which the action comes to an end or action comes to a culmination. What is the scripture? Again Vedanta. Why? Because the way so Sarvam Karma Karam Partha Gnane Parishamapare. In the fourth chapter say hey Partha, all the karma ultimately culminates into knowledge. The action culminates into knowledge. Or knowledge is the culmination of action. In the second chapter also, Lord Krishna compared action and knowledge. So action was compared to a small well. And knowledge was compared to a lake. So, in the river, in summer when the river bed is dry, people in fact dig shallow wells to fetch water from there. So this we can see there in places like Ahmedabad, you know, where the rivers, they are rivers only for a few months, one or two months in a year, that's all. Rest of the time, you don't even see water there. All you see is just a dry sand bed. And, but there is water. At the level of 10 feet or 15 feet and never, people dig wells to get the water. You may have a number of such wells. But when the monsoon comes and when the river gets flooded, then whatever use all the wells collectively had, all of that use is more than made up by the flooded river. So flooded river is, com- the knowledge is compared to the flooded river. And actions are compared to those small wells. And thus, all the actions collectively, whatever result all the actions can give collectively, is much more than included in the knowledge. An action can get me limited happiness, but the knowledge gives me limitless happiness, and therefore action is, is included in the knowledge. Or, when action is performed with the attitude of yoga, then that action ultimately, through the impact and shuddhi or purification of mind, culminates into knowledge. And therefore, Vedanta Shastra is the scripture in which these categories are very well explained. What are those categories? 
So that which we should know in our life is very well explained. That is a scripture called Sankhya or Vedanta. For example, what is Vedanta? Tatvamasi, that thou art. So Vedanta is that scripture, it's called Sankhya, in which Dittvampada the Atma, Tatpada Brahma, the identity between the two, and preparations such as Viveka Vairagya, all of these things are Shravanam, Manam, Nejasanam, all of these are which very well explain which scripture is called Sankhya. And by gaining a knowledge that Vedanta expounds, one becomes totally free from the bonding of action. That means the karma has come to an end. Therefore, Sankhya also is called Krutanta. So from this adjective Krutanta, the word Sankhya is interpreted as Vedanta. Here Arjuna, in Vedanta, which is where the karma comes to an end, in that scripture, these five categories are explained as the very cause of all the actions. Somebody asked a question. If Vedanta is the scripture, where only knowledge is discussed, knowledge of self is discussed, why should Vedanta talk about all this non-self? Because action is performed by the non-self. Why do I discuss the anatma or the non-self? So in Vedanta, anatma or non-self also is discussed for, for us to know that it is something to be discarded, something to be given up. And that's why for atma, anatma, viveka, discrimination between self and non-self, both the self and non-self, both are described. Therefore, in Vedanta we find the description of these categories which are responsible for performance of action. Therefore, hey Arjuna, know from me that these are the five causes or the five categories which are responsible for performance of all the actions. <coughs> what are those five categories? The fourteenth verse tells us that. Adishthanam tatha karta Adishthanam tatha karta Karanam cha prathag vidham Karanam cha prathag vidham Vividhas cha prathag cheshtaha Vividhas cha prathag cheshtaha Daivam chaivatra panchamam Daivam chaivatra panchamam Here you know these five categories, the reasons, the causes are there which are responsible for performance of all the actions. Adhishthanam. Adhishthanam is a locus. Here it means the physical body. So physical body which is a locus for the manifestation of the consciousness, manifestation of the pleasure and pain, manifestation of doership and enjoyership. So the body is a locus of manifestation of life and all the various expressions of life. Without the body, without the gross body, life cannot express itself. Without the gross body it is not possible to experience also the pleasure and pain and therefore what is called Adhishthanam, it is called the locus, which is the locus or the place or the seat where all these things are manifest, like pleasure and pain, doership, enjoyership and so forth. So Adhishthanam, the locus or the seat which is the physical body. Tathakarta, karta means the doer, the agent of action. Who is the karta? The Atma, the Self, is identified with this body-mind complex, becomes the karta, the doer, what we call ahankara, or the, the ego, the, the one who has the agent sense of doership. So you require the body, you require the karta, or the ahankara, the agent, the ego, which is the agent of action. Then karanam, karanam means the various organs. We have two kinds of organs, external organs and inner organs. External organs are the five organs of perception and the five organs of action. The internal organ is our mind. And so, mind and intellect, all of this together is called here karanam, the various organs. 
Prusagvidham Karanam the different kinds of organs, organs of action, organs of perception, the mind, intellect, all of them. Then vividasya prutak cheshtaha, organs themselves are not enough, but cheshtaha there is something which also give, empowers the organs. So all the various activities or the gestures, activities are labeled organs. This is done by the prana. So prana means the vital air, the vital air is there which actually gives the ability to the organs to perform their functions. Like the hands and the legs and the speech are all able to do what they do because of the ability provided to them by prana or the vital air. And therefore, the various activities of vital air as they are expressed through the organs of perception, organs of action as well as the mind. Because we may have the hands, alright, but the prana may not be working. When prana, the vital air, no more empowers the hand, then the hand no more works. I wake up one morning from the sleep, and I find what? A stroke. Half of my body becomes unable, disabled. And so the, the organs are there. But the prana is not there. The vital is not there. So you require that chesta or the activity also. <coughs> and fifth, daivam chaivatra panchamam. Daivam means the presiding deity. We also require the grace of God. Grace of the various devatas who are said to be the presiding deities of the various functions occurring in our body. So our scriptures recognize the different presiding deities. For example, the sun is said to be the presiding deities of the function of seeing. The fire is the presiding deities of the function of speech. And quarters are the presiding deities for the function of hearing. Indra is the presiding deity of the arms and Vishnu is the presiding deity of the legs of the motion. So all the various functions that are performed by our body all of them are possible because we enjoy the grace of these various presiding deities. If that grace is not there, then the organs cannot function. <coughs> so the body, there is a gross body. Annamaya kosha. Cheshta di pranamaya kosha. Karanam di manomaya kosha. Vijnanamaya kosha. And the presiding deity, namely the God, or the, in the form of different presiding deities. Here you understand that these five categories or causes are responsible for performance of all the actions. <coughs> what different actions? The 15th verse tells us that. Shariravang mano bhiryata Shariravang mano bhiryata Karma prarabhate naraha Karma prarabhate naraha Nyayam va viparitam va Nyayam va viparitam va Panchayte tasya hetavaha Panchayte tasya hetavaha Sharirvang manobhi Sharir means the body Vak means the speech And manav means the mind So actions that we perform again Can be classified as Being performed at these three levels of our personalities Actions performed at the level of body Actions performed at the level of the speech and actions perform at the level of the mind. That's all. So, actions are performed by us at these three levels. So, yet karma naraha prarbhate. Naraha means human being. Whatever deliberate action, whatever action he, he undertakes or he, whatever action he performs at the level of the body and the speech and the mind. Nyayam va viparitam va. Whether it is nyayam, whether it is in keeping with nyaya or the order. So whether action is performed in keeping order, as we discussed in the morning, whether it's a virtuous action, 
Vipareetam va, or whether action is performed in violation of the order, meaning that it is a vicious action. So whatever action a human being performs, at the level of body, speech and the mind, whether action is classified as a virtuous action or a vicious action, papa punya or papa, nyayam or anyayam, doesn't matter what the actions are. Now somebody asked a question that how about action of closing eyes, you know, opening and closing the eyes, which I don't deliberately do. How about action of breathing? How about various actions that are just habitually performed, which are responsible for that they are nothing but the signs of life. So, these actions which are indicated the life, which are not deliberately performed, so I cannot say that I am performing the action of opening and closing the eyes, because it just gets performed. I cannot say that I am performing the action of breathing, these are all the actions that take place habitually. What about them? Lord Krishna says, even they also are included. Because all the actions that you perform are result of the past karma. So, Vedantins have this one model. What's the model? The law of karma, the law of cause and effect. So, every thought that arises in my mind also is the effect of the past action. Every action that takes place by me also is the result of the past action. That I am awake is the result of the past action. That I am dreaming is the result of the past action. I fall asleep also the result of past action. My eyes are open and opening and closing also the result of past action. I am breathing result of past action. Whether punya or papa. <clears throat> Thank God all punya that I can open my eyes and close my eyes that that keeps on happening is because of past punya. That breathing continues because of past punya. And all such actions that take place which are involuntary actions, you know, all of these also are result of the past karma, papa or punya. And so, whatever actions are performed, deliberate, voluntary or involuntary, whether they are virtuous or vicious, performed out of the body or the speech or the mind, whatever is done, Lord Krishna says, Arjuna, understand that these five are the causes of the performance of those actions. The body, the sense organs, the prana, the mind and the presiding deities. And the karta, the doer, the hankara and the presiding deities. These five are responsible for performance of all the actions. Understand that atma, the self, is not one of them. Atma is not one of these five. And thus, Lord Krishna is doing for us what we call the Atma Anatma Viveka, the discrimination between the self and non-self. And this is the clarity that we require. Who performs the action? These five perform the actions. And therefore, this being the case, the next verse tells us, 16th verse, Tatraivam Satikartaram Tatraivam Satikartaram Atmanam kevalam tuyaha, Atmanam kevalam tuyaha, Pashyat chakrata buddhitvar, Pashyat chakrata buddhitvar, Nasapashyati durmatihi, Nasapashyati durmatihi. Tatra evam sati, even when this is so, what is so? That actions are performed by this anatma, non-self. So this five in five makes up the non-self. For body, there's gross body. 
the sense organs of the mind and the prana consist of the subtle body. So the personality consisting of the gross body and the subtle body. In keeping with the with the support of the blessing of the presiding deities, they perform all the actions. Tatrayam Sati, even this is so. Then also, Atmanam Kevalam Tuha Kartaram Idipashyadi. Even then a person says that Atma, the self performs action. He says, I perform the actions. So whenever a person declares, I perform the actions. What is I? I means the Atma, the self. What's the nature of self? The actionless. Kevalam, when is ever pure, when we ever unattached or unconnected. So self is the consciousness that is ever pure. That is nirvikara, meaning that which is free from any modifications or changeless. Because in order to perform the actions, change is necessary. Action always involves change, it always involves movement. Movement from one place to another place, movement from one time to another time, or movement from one state to another state. So action all chalanatmakam karma. Karma or action is that which always involves movement. And therefore, the one who performs action also must undergo an appropriate change for that person to perform the action. But Atma is changeless. And therefore, Atma cannot perform the actions. And thus, these verses tell us that all the actions are being performed in the presence of the Self. Just as the magnet really does not do anything, but in the very presence of the magnet, the iron filings are attracted. So how iron filings they move, the movement of the iron takes place in presence of the magnet, whereas there is no sense of doership on the part of magnet at all. Like in the presence of sun, the Atma Buddha explains how all the living beings, in fact, perform action in the presence of sun. So the whole world is sleeping at night. So when the sun is not there, the life is not there. The sun rises in the morning, he infuses life into all the creatures, they all wake up and start becoming active. And so, however, so sun is responsible for activity, but not a participant in the activity. In presence of sun, the mirage water arises and remains there. Again, sun has no sense of agency. So how in the presence of sun things take place? How in presence of magnet things take place? And similarly also in presence of self. Some time ago we had a music music box. So nice music box. And how it was is that if music it had a little solar battery in there. And therefore, if it is exposed to the sunlight, then the battery will be activated and the box will start, you know, playing its music. Not only solar light, but if I used to hold it in any light. Then that's, that the battery will be activated and start singing or start playing music. It's tune. So I used to use this for the children. When children would come then I would show them the magic. I said, look, this box is here. What do you see? He said, nothing. Does it make any sound? He said, no. Then slowly I just lift that box. And as the box comes, lift pretty close to the light. Then all of a sudden it starts singing, you know, starts making this, you know, creating this music. The children always were really wondering, you know, what's happening? And so, so really the one that plays the music is a music box. There is all the mechanism in there. What's the role of light? In presence of light, the music actually takes place. The light does not play the music. Light does not sing the music. But without the light, the music cannot take place. Also, similarly also, without the self, the actions cannot take place. The self is that it enlivens this personality and because of which the personality plays its music in the form of various actions, good or bad. Without the self, this cannot happen. But the self does not participate. It does not perform any actions. 
and so it was said in the fourth chapter karmani akarmaya pashet so he is a wise man who knows atma is akarma is actionless even when karma or actions are being performed he knows that actions are performed at the level of personality this personality alone is described here as the body and the mind and the sense organs the gross and the subtle bodies so that is where the kartrutva the doership is and that's where all actions are performed but not by itself in presence of the self in presence of consciousness so consciousness by its very presence and living the personality just as magnet by its very presence and living the iron filings and iron filings perform the movement and similarly also the consciousness with the self in its very presence and living this personality and the personality starts performing various activities this being the case and still not knowing this truth that self is ever pure ever changeless ever innocent <coughs> what does the ignorant person do ignorant person does what we call adhyasa or superimposition that means superimposes all the modifications and changes and limitations of the personality upon the person so not knowing this a distinction between the person and the personality person means the self the consciousness the changeless ever pure ever actionless ever free ever complete upon that person the personality which is limited changing acting bound all these dharma or the attributes of personality are superimposed upon the person and person is said to be performing action he is said to be limited he is said to be bound <coughs> so that's what lord krishna says in the 16th verse akrata buddhitvat how come this person does this how come the person even though the self is ever innocent ever free how come he takes him to be bound and you see again we keep on accusing him and doer and joher happy and happy constant accusations are taking place and you know this is also a sin actually as a matter of fact suppose there is a person who is innocent and we accuse him of being you know being a, a, a being a vicious person or a thief or whatever that also is a sin and similarly also the self which is ever innocent ever actionless and ever pure he is constantly accused as a doer enjoyer happy and happy right wrong sinner virtuous vicious and so forth so in fact there is a verse which says yonyatha sandamatmanam anyatha pratipadyate kim tena kritam papam chaurena atma paharena the atma there is a one kind that is ever ever pure and ever innocent ever complete the one who looks upon that as impure as changing what sin he has not committed so this is the primary sin so when the christians talk of the sin this is a primary sin is not that of course we can't be called sinner because i'm not responsible for ignorance to call me a sinner is also not right because it is not i who is responsible for ignorance but the primary sin if you want to call it is this ignorance which brings about adhyasa superimposition upon the atma and therefore we keep on branding the self as to totally contrary to what it is is called vipreet gnanam or contrary wise knowledge and so the self is accused as a doer enjoyer sinner saint virtuous vicious happy unhappy akrata buddhitvat nasapashyati durmatihi lord krishna calls this person durmatihi 
a person of distorted or perverted intellect, but everybody is person of perverted intellect or distorted intellect. So mind is like this. The rope is looked upon as a snake. That means that we are accusing the rope that we are a snake. Somebody accuses the rope as a snake, somebody accuses the rope as a garland, somebody accuses the rope as a stick, somebody accuses everybody accuses it differently. This is called distorted perception or a perverted perception. Why is it called perverted? Because the limitless is 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 accused to be limited. They were pure, they accused to be impure, therefore we call it a perverted or distorted vision. So as we said, the very first sin or the very first violence as a matter of fact, this is also the very source of all the violence also, is accusing the self to be quite contrary to what it is. So when I accuse myself to be a limited being, then immediately creates also in me a sense of insecurity, a sense of smallness, a sense of isolation sense of one being among many and therefore one is always threatened by the others and therefore a sense of insecurity. So ignorance in fact brings about a sense of insecurity. It is insecurity which is the source of all violence. A secure person will never violate anybody. All the violence arises from insecurity and everybody suffers from the sense of insecurity in one measure or the other and that sense of insecurity is on account of looking upon self as a small entity, again the smallness is superimposed upon the self. <coughs> so whether you call it the any primary violence or primary sin, primordial violence, primordial sin, whatever you call it, this is the ignorance. Not only ignorance but the distortion that ignorance creates. <coughs> and so one who sees the self in this way, nasapashyati, he does not see. That's inter- interesting, isn't it? Even though seeing, he does not see. How can you say that? Pashyati, nasa pashyati. He sees, but does not see. What do you mean sees, but does not see? So Shankaracharya explains, gives a very nice example. That here is a person suffering from a disease called tinira or cataract. So when the eyes are suffering from cataract, what happens is I cannot see what is in front of me or sometimes I see it in a distorted way, sometimes I see where there are two. I see two where there is one rather, one there is one and I see that's why when you go to an eye doctor and he says how many do you see, you know, what is, how many are these, you know. So you see one or two, I say three or two, whatever, any all kinds of jokes are there. But the thing is that seeing two where there is one. In fact, if I take out my glasses, the same thing will happen. Where there is one, I will see two. So I see and still not see. Here is the example of the moon. In fact, there is one moon, but this fellow sees two moons. He does see, but still does not see. He does not see because what he sees, what is there in a distorted way. Or another example also that uh, Atma Bola gives is that when the clouds are running, this child thinks that the moon is running. Look, ma'am, the moon is running. Ma'am says, no, it is not the moon that is running, the clouds are running. But when the attention is focused on the clouds, it looks as though the moon is running. So what is needed to be done is change the focus of attention from the clouds to the moon, then you know that it is the clouds that are running. <coughs> Similarly, here also when the attention is focused upon the personality, the body-mind complex, looks like the self is performing actions. What is needed to be done is to change the focus of attention from the personality to the person. Then we know that 
it is the personality that is performing action. <coughs> but this is not so. On account of the focus of perception being in the wrong place, person has all these wrong conclusions. Saha Napashyadi says, even though he is seeing, he does not see. <coughs> Thus this is the reason why people take themselves to be the doers and enjoyers. And therefore, they take themselves to be inadequate. Therefore, they perform the actions to become adequate. That's how this whole cycle of action and reaction goes on. So we explain, how come yatyagi, how come the non-renunciate keeps on remaining in this cycle of birth and death? Is because of the ignorance. And the one who is free from the ignorance, the one who is, who is free from this cycle of birth and death, or the cycle of constantly going and coming, going round and round, going up and down, or whatever, he becomes free from that when this distortion in the perception goes away. We'll see it again tomorrow. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavvande Bhagavanta Upunakunaha Ishvara Guru Ratmedi Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadyapta Dehaya Lakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Namaha Hari Om